You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host David Drogemeyer and on today's show and for the rest of the week we have one of the original members of the show John Kegley on with us. Before we get started we are three writers who got our start covering the Chargers for San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog and now we've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons doing our own Facebook live show Chargers Domination Live. I also write for the LA Football Network but we've been doing the Locked on Chargers podcast for the last four seasons bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Well, today is all about you because we are doing a Twitter Tuesday show today. And once again, you guys absolutely killed it, bringing us a ton of questions, a ton of good content to talk about today. So we have a lot to get into. But before we get into that, I just want to thank everyone who is checking out the show for the first time today. We really appreciate you guys checking us out. And then a special thank you to all of our loyal listeners as well, as always. But if you don't already, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from you can find us there, and we're also on the Radio.com app, too. So today we are going to be getting into a ton of comments, a ton of questions that you guys brought, including questions about Orlando Brown. We'll talk about what the Chargers could get at left tackle after the draft if they potentially don't take one in the first round, and also just things about Mike Williams and if he'll get extended, what the Chargers are going to do in the first round, dark horse candidates, surprise picks for the Chargers there. So many good questions to get in with, but let's go ahead and get started because we have a ton to do, and we're going to see how many of these questions that we can get to. So first, I want to start with this. This is from Brett Austin on Twitter who said, I have a weird inkling that TT falls in love with a player other than OT, maybe pits on a rookie deal and moves up to get him if that's the case. Do you see any free agent offensive tackles on the market post-draft that they could secure late, allowing them to sandbag at the draft? So I do think there's definitely an opportunity for the Chargers to take something other than offensive tackle, even though we have remained steadfast in our left tackle at 13 or bust statements that we've made. I do think it's likely, given Tom Telesco's draft history specifically, I mean, the only first-round draft pick that they've spent on an offensive line in the last 30 years was DJ Fluker, and that was Tom Telesco. So I do think that if they wait until after the draft, David, I mean, it's going to be very barren, I would think, at this point, right? I mean, you'd have to think, you know, someone like Villanueva would be off the board, probably Eric Fisher, probably Russell Okung, a lot of those big-name left tackles. So what does that leave left over? I mean, it's lesser known guys. You're going to get an aging Jason Peters and are we on the Peters bandwagon again? Are you going Cameron Fleming or Roderick Johnson? These are probably guys you haven't heard about because these are guys that, you know, aren't the big names out there, but would probably be what you're left over with if you wait until after the draft. Yeah, I just don't think there's any scenario that the Chargers should entertain that includes waiting to address left tackle after the draft. I just that is the wrong way to go about this. There's a clear deficiency at that position. The Chargers have not addressed it up to this point. Hopefully that means that they are going to address it in the draft. If they come out of this draft without a left tackle, it is a failure. Period. No, there's no other grade. It doesn't matter who they get or what they do. If they do not address that premium position and pick a left tackle that can protect Justin Herbert, this draft is a failure, period. And I don't think necessarily he is saying that they don't draft a left tackle at all. 
but rather that they don't draft a left tackle, you know, early enough for that guy to be a starter next season. So I do think that, you know, there is a chance they think they can get somebody better later on in the draft, but I don't think you would like your options if you were to, you know, not really address it or draft a, you know, a project in the later rounds or the middle rounds, even, or just someone that you don't think can start right away. I don't think you're going to be like what's left on the other side of that. but And tackles in the second round that you think are going to be there normally go back into the first round or they, they get into the first round very quickly. So you can't guarantee or or bet on that happening either. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, tackle is a position that often gets you know overvalued, I think, a little bit in the draft, at least as far as what people will spend on it. But let's get to the next question here. This one is about a left tackle that could fill that need for the Chargers. And this is Nick Ta asking, are the Chargers still interested in Orlando Brown? And I'll just answer this here quickly just because could the Chargers fill their need at left tackle with Orlando Brown? Absolutely. But we don't know how you know Joe Lombardi feels about the fit with him or how they feel about the extension that would probably have to come with the deal or just the draft compensation that they would have to give up to get him. We've also not heard anything. I mean, since really March 11th, any reporting where six teams were said to be interested and they were not named. So we don't even know if the charges were in that initial group, but it doesn't seem like anything has caught traction at this point at all. So let's get to the next one. This is Michael Martin who says, do you guys feel like if we draft a corner in round two, that that pick is a viable starter for 17 games or more likely a rotational depth piece? Keep up the good work. Love the pod. So John, I think this one's pretty simple to me and I think it's just a depends who you get, right? I mean, I think there's a couple of guys I feel pretty good with. I think if you get Asante Samuel Jr., he's probably going to be your day one starter at the outside cornerback position. But are you agreeing with me that it just kind of depends who it would be as far as what their role would be in 2021? Yes, I absolutely agree. It really depends on who you get because it could also depend on how many positions can they play. Is this a guy that can also play? the slot corner and maybe be a safety as well. Cause if so, then maybe use them as a rotational piece to give guys rest and save injuries. You don't know what they plan on doing. There's the, I mean, when the saints drafted Taysom Hill, everyone looks at all oh, they drafted a QB and then look what he turned into. He's all over the place. You could do the same thing with a corner. You can make him go all over the place and be productive. But if you have a guy like you, something Samuel jr. Is a great example. If you get that guy, he is your starter at corner. He's not so guy you're going to flop around all over the place. He is a legit outside starting corner who is really productive and will need to be your day one starter. But some other guys, you might have to move them around and make them be productive until they're fully capable of playing 17 games. So it really just depends on who you bring in. Yeah, I think there's a couple guys in the second round I'd feel good about. I mean, even if it was someone like Aaron Robinson who could be gone before the Chargers pick at 47, he would be a guy that even then I'm probably thinking, you know, maybe he is a guy that they want to play a little bit of safety or something like that too. But I would have a hard time believing year one, he would be ready to do it. And at this point you need somebody to go out there, right? Because you don't have a starting outside cornerback outside of Michael Davis right now that you've seen for any, any extended amount of time. So I think, you know, a guy like Asante Samuel Jr., a guy like Greg Newsom. These are guys that, you know, might not be likely to reach the Chargers in the second round, but guys that I think would definitely be competing for that starting job. And maybe whoever it is, if it's an outside corner in the second round, will compete for the job. It's just more, could they actually play it and play it consistently in their first year? And I think there's only a handful of guys that could do that right now, especially where the Chargers draft. So let's get to the next question here before we break. And this one is about Mike Williams to break up the free agency and draft talk a little bit. And this is from Bolt Up 3 who says, 
Is it fair to say that Mike Williams at 7th overall was a bit of a reach, and could the Chargers let him walk next year and save a ton of cap space for next offseason since so many free agency wide receivers this year signed one-year deals? Next year's free agent wide receivers should be stacked. So we're always against you know bringing in free agent wide receivers, but at the same time, there's always exceptions to the rule, and maybe you know once they get there, they find that out. But I think the bigger thing here is about Mike Williams because – Obviously, when you look back on it and you see that Deshaun Watson was taken after and, you know, Patrick Mahomes was taken after him just based on what they've done on the field, you would look back and say that, yeah, I mean, you probably should have taken those guys just because they've already turned into really good NFL quarterbacks, especially Patrick Mahomes. That's the most unforgivable one that you would miss out on a guy like that to take a weapon at that point for Phillip Rivers late in his career. But I think the biggest thing here, David, is what is the best situation for Mike Williams? If he has a great season, of course the Chargers would want to bring him back, but does that push him up to the Keenan Allen levels of $20 million per season? If he doesn't have a good season, you'd be less likely to want to bring him back, but at the same time, you would get him at a better value. So I think it really is a double-edged sword for the Chargers with Mike Williams right now. It is for sure, but I mean, if Mike Williams comes and he goes out there and he plays 17 games and he is productive, and, you know, he goes out there and puts up numbers that we all expect. I think the Chargers will bring him back because the Chargers and people who cover the Chargers have said multiple times that the Chargers love Mike Williams. They love his toughness. They love the fact that he goes up and gets the ball when they need it most. When Whenever they need a big-time catch, they go to Mike Williams. And more often than not, he does go up and get the football. So, I mean, that's what you're going to have to look out for. I mean... It's going to cost some money for sure. I mean, I just don't know if he's done enough consistently throughout his career to warrant Keenan Allen $20 million per year money. Even if he does go out there and explode and have the best year of his career, I don't think that that warrants that. But also, you have to consider that if they do re-sign him, they can try to spread out that cap hit and make you know get creative and build in rip cores like they do with pretty much all of their contracts. So, I mean, that's going to be interesting to find out. But I think we all would agree that we all want to see Mike Williams go out there and perform because if he does perform, that's just going to help this Chargers offense. Yeah, I think it really is a tricky situation. I mean, you'd have you have one more year to see what that Justin Herbert Mike Williams connection looks like, and we'll see what the market is and if that bounces back at all with the new TV deal, with the salary cap in 2022. All of those things are a factor in whether or not they'll be able to bring him back. But the good news is we have a ton more great free agency and draft questions coming up for you guys because you really came through for us on Twitter Tuesday. So in the next segment, we'll talk about needing three starters out of the draft this year. Also, Chris Harris Jr. and his prospects in 2021. And we'll get in 2020, yeah. In 2021, we'll get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ag. Right now, guys, it's March Madness, and I know it's winding down, but there's still great games to bet on. And if you're not into that, there's a ton of other sports that are happening as well. I mean, I'm excited for baseball coming back right around the corner. You still have UFC on the weekends with a bunch of big fights that they've had lately. I always have fun betting on that. And the best place to do it is with betonline.ag. They have the best odds that you're going to find in real-time updated odds. In real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. All you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. And you can have a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. That's Locked On, all caps, one word for free money to bet with at BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. 
All right, guys. Well, we have a ton of free agency and draft Twitter questions that you guys came through for us with today when we put the post out there as we're recording this on Monday night. And I want to get into as many as possible. So let's jump right back into it. Let's go to In Stasis, who asked us on Twitter. The longer free agency goes, it seems like the Chargers are looking to get a starting left tackle, corner, and safety in the draft. Given Tom Telesco's draft record, how confident are you that they're able to find three day one starters somewhat concerning? So I would say that right now it looks like you only need one. Uh, it looks like you only need two of those three positions because, I mean, right now, You'd have to think at this point they think of Nazir Adderley as a starting safety. I mean, I definitely think they need depth there, but that could be the plan. That could not be the plan, too, and we'll see how they address that in the draft. But them, you know, not breaking the bank for John Johnson or really being aggressive in the free agency market for safety, which wasn't a loaded class, I think would tell you that they, at least at this point, feel okay about Nazir Adderley, but we'll find out more later. But, John, I mean, I think that for this... It is a little concerning knowing you need those two starting positions, and that's kind of what we've been talking about in free agency where you don't want to pigeonhole yourself into having to have these guys. Even if it's a Band-Aid, right now, I think most teams would assume that the Chargers think that they need a starting cornerback and think that they need a starting left tackle, and I think the starting left tackle part of it is the part that worries me more. Well, with the Telesco history of not grabbing guys that you need and just grabbing random guys sometimes, I think you should be worried. I mean, how many times have we said every single year we need offensive line, we need offensive line, and we go out and we grab all these other guys that are no use to us, right? Like, you you get worried because you know it might happen. It's like I've seen this episode before. He's going to do it again. <laughs> so it does worry you, but I'd have to imagine with the production we've seen in free agency this year, when have we ever seen Telesco make a day one move or even a week one move really? And that's like never. We never see that, and he did it this year. So I feel like maybe we're going to give him credit that he'll maybe turn, a cur- turn the corner this year and actually get your starting offensive lineman and starting corner in this draft. Now, whether he does the lineman in the first round or second round is the real question because we all are on board with getting the first-round left tackle. That would be automatic starter, the best you're probably going to get. But if they go first-round corner, you better hope that they go second or third-round left tackle as well, or else you're going to start really be hoping and praying that the fourth or fifth-round guy you get is the solution and is, a, is your future Tom Brady at left tackle. Tom Brady at left tackle. How about Joe Thomas at left tackle? I'd take that. But I would Yeah, say- <laughs> but he was a first-round pick. Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick. Oh, I get where you're saying. Yeah, I get where you're saying. I, get, I mean, all draft picks are a dart throw, right? Picking guys early in, earlier in the draft, for the most part, there's always exceptions. You're giving yourself a better chance at those guys working out, especially with the offensive line, when they're taken higher than what the Chargers are usually taking their offensive linemen in. And I just think we think it's such a big hole that we know that the Chargers should take a left tackle at 13. We just don't have a lot of faith. And we don't know if the guys that he thinks can start a left tackle in corner, and Tom Telesco that is, or guys that we would agree with, right? I mean, if he thinks he can find one in the third round or the fourth round or something like that. That is a pretty big fear, but I do think that if you at least get Band-Aids out those positions, you really could alleviate just needing to take someone to take someone just because they're at that position. And guess what? Free agency is not over. We'll have some more free agency questions later on as well. But let's get into the next one. This is Donald Ricker who says, don't you figure that the Chargers see Harris, and that's Chris Harris Jr., as a starting cornerback, even though you don't, especially since his former DB coach is now the DC? Absolutely. 
I do think that the Chargers think Chris Harris Jr. is a starter. And I think there might be some confusion here just about how we talk about it because most base formations have two cornerbacks, right? And so when we're sitting here talking about, you know, the Chargers need a starting corner outside of Michael Davis, all of us are including Chris Harris Jr. as a starting corner in the slot. That's his starting position for the Chargers. So I think there might be somewhat of a disconnect there because Brandon Staley has, you know, at least a nickel formation on about 80% of the plays that he calls. So really, the starting formation is going to have at least five defensive backs, three corners, two safeties for the most part. That's the position that we're talking about when we say that, you know, the Chargers need a starting corner. I think, David, that is probably why, I mean, I I think you can question whether or not Chris Harris Jr. is going to play well, considering the injury last season and the year before that. But I think all of us are including him in our starting trio of cornerbacks, whoever that ends up being. Oh, yeah, that's an automatic. I mean, we all know that Chris Harris Jr. is going to be on the football field a lot. And he did say that he was going to play on the outside sometimes in certain packages, but we all expect that he will play the majority of his snaps in the slot. I mean, that's where he's done the best in his career. He's had some success on the outside, but it's pretty clear that he does his best work as the slot corner. So, yes, they need another corner, another outside type corner to complement Michael Davis so they can allow Chris Harris Jr. to do what he does best and play in the slot. But like I said, he's going to bounce around. You'll probably see him in a couple different spots. But, yes, the Chargers need to add another Michael Davis-type outside corner so they can feel more comfortable and just add more depth, too. They just It's a very shallow position group. They need more capable bodies than they have right now. Yeah, and I think it's fair to question, too, just because I do remember... Like, When he signed here, Brandon Staley, that is, Chris Harris Jr. had a lot of good things to say about him and Ronaldo Hill, who's the new defensive coordinator. But that was unequivocally his worst season when those guys were with him in Denver in 2019. So I'm not trying to shoot him down and say he can't bounce back. I think he can. But his age and what he did with these two defensive coaches the last time they were involved, I mean, not only led to him wanting out of there, and I think some of that could have had to do with Vic Fangio, who's a lot more old school. I mean, there's a good chance... That was the biggest reason he wanted to get out of there. But I think that those are things to think about as well, right? But really quickly, before we get into the next one, there's one more question I want to get into on Twitter. And that one is from Zach Marinchich, who's who asked, who is the biggest dark horse candidate we take in the first round? So, David, when you're thinking about who the Chargers could pick at 13, that would be a dark horse. Who's someone that comes to mind? Well, given Tom Telesco's track record of building from the outside in instead of the inside out, I think that a dark horse candidate could be Jalen Waddell. I mean, that guy is electric. I think we've talked about him, uh, I mean, several times already on the show, and we're going to talk about him again when we get into more draft prep. But this guy's like a video game character, the way he is uh, uh, able to manipulate his body and catch in space and just how explosive he is. He is such a playmaker in every sense of the word. So, I mean, if the Chargers you know, shock the world and they don't go corner and they don't go left tackle or offensive lineman, I could definitely see a scenario where the Chargers take Jalen Waddle. And maybe Devontae Smith slides into that same spot as well, right? As far as going wide receiver at that point. I've seen both of those guys mocked to them somewhat recently, right? And I think the other position, really, because there's only a few positions you're really picking from, right? I mean, Kyle Pitts probably what, isn't going to be what there. What about linebacker like a Micah Parsons? 
Sure. Yeah, that is or another like, what do you one. Pay? Yeah. Well, so that was what I was going to get into. Is one of those is a linebacker, one of those is edge rusher, right? I mean, for Quiddy Pay, you know, Quiddy Pay or Greg Rousseau or Aziz Ajulari. I mean, all of those guys. I think if they were taken at thirteen, would be a dark horse pick, right? I think if they go anything outside of offensive tackle or corner at this point, because those are so obviously their biggest needs right now i think that's a dark horse so i do think what about a real dark horse telesco actually trades back and gets like tevin jenkins from oklahoma state well i mean he does say a dark horse in the first round so hey maybe he does it for him or samuel cosme or christian derisaw i mean a trade back would be the darkest of all of the dark horses but we do have one more segment to get into because we still have a few more Twitter questions to get into, including the most underrated player left in free agency. If the Chargers will actually move down and make that dark horse move. And also, if there are any former Chargers now in free agency that we'd want to bring back coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that if you guys need any type of auto parts, there's only one place to go. And it's always rockauto.com. I've used them several times now. I always make sure with my stepdad, I always call him make sure I'm getting a good price. And so far, Rock Auto has never let me down. You're going to get the best prices there. You're going to find the best inventory that you can find anywhere. I mean, there's no point in going to a chain storefront anymore to go get these things done when you can literally just get on your phone, get on your computer, go to rockauto.com. And for me that knows nothing about cars for the most part, I was able to find the parts that I needed on there and get them delivered right to my door. So I know you guys could do it too. And the best part is, You're getting the best prices, whether you're a daily driver or a mechanic. It doesn't matter with rockauto.com. All you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I also need to tell you guys that the Built Bar Madness is at its apex right now because we are in the final four and the matchups are all juggernauts at this point. Right now, the matchup for today is going to be cookies and cream versus cookie dough chunk. And just think about how much you like those two things. Cookies and cream, all-time classic. Cookie dough, just in general, is like the best kind of ice cream. I mean, those are probably the two best kinds of ice cream, too. I mean, those are just two all-time great flavors. And right now, they're seeing who is going to go to the championship game to to decide who is going to be the best protein bar on the planet. So if you guys want to get your voice heard on this matter, make sure to go to bar underscore built on Twitter, or you can go to builtbar.com to vote on your favorite flavors left in the tournament. I know this is very important because I think, I think I'm going cookie dough chunk here, but I do think that there's a very good case to be made for cookies and cream. And don't forget guys, when you go to builtbar.com, you can use the promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your next order. That's locked 15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. All right, guys, well, we have a few more questions to get into. Let's see how many we can knock out. And I want to start here with Coach Lago, who asked, who's the most underrated player left in free agency that fits a need for our Bolts? So, John, I think there's a few different guys that you could choose from here. I do think there's still a lot of talent, you know, much of it aging talent, I would say, at this point. Who's the guy that stands out to you as somebody that seems to be flying under the radar a little bit, but also would make a lot of sense for the Chargers? For me, I think it's going to be more of the uh, offensive linemen that you haven't heard of, like maybe Isaiah Wilson. I hear he's still on the market. I don't oh, know if no. he's been signed <laughs> yet, but someone like that you has know, a lot of potential. You know what happened with Isaiah Wilson, right? 
I've heard. Okay, cut from two teams in the last, or traded from one team and then cut? Yes. Yeah, I'm surprised you would even entertain that guy with that yep. much off-the-field stuff. Yep, I know, surprising. But the thing is, is the guy had a lot of potential, and I feel he was never really put in a good situation coaching-wise. I think Staley could bring out something new in the guy. I'd be willing to give him that one second chance. But he it would really be like a training camp second chance. It'd be, let me see what kind of a mindset you have during training camp. If you're just a total jerk and you're not what I want to see mentally, then I could cut you during right before the season starts. That is not an answer I expected to get from anyone. Uh, I definitely am not interested in Isaiah Wilson because I, to me it's probably like his fifth chance. I just don't want to be the team that sees if I can fix him. Plus, you know, career right tackle at Georgia. I thought he was way overdrafted in the first round. To begin with, honestly, I just hope that guy can get his career back on path, just on track, just because it's such a cool opportunity to be drafted as a first round pick. I hope he can definitely figure out his issues and catch on with somebody because he definitely was a talented player. For me, I would go Jarrell Casey and uh, a defensive tackle that's not getting a lot of buzz. I know we brought him up on this show before, coming off of a very injured season with the Broncos where he didn't really live up to the billing there for a one year deal or, you know, for getting traded to them for the last season of of his contract. But I think he's a guy that would fit an obvious need for the Chargers on the defensive line is just far as needing talent up front. And a guy who probably wouldn't cost very much at this point as well. But let's get to the I had the a next. second guy that I would like to bring up, and that would be LJ Fort for linebacker. What about him? Would you Do you think that's a bad one coming from me too, Wade? <laughs> I mean, I don't think LJ Fort has the off-the-field issues of Isaiah Wilson. I mean, that's that Isaiah Wilson thing has just been absolutely nuts. Like, it's crazy what's gone down with that guy. But LJ Fort is a guy that I remember liking as far as being a run-stopping linebacker and didn't like very much in coverage. So I don't know if it fits what the Chargers need right now in linebacker, but I haven't watched a ton of LJ Fort recently either. Either way, I mean, there's definitely space at linebacker to add some bodies at that position, but we have a couple more questions to get into. Let's get to Andreas Rivera, who asked, are there any Chargers free agents as far as their internal guys that haven't been signed at this point that they can bring back at a low price at this point in free agency? Love the show, bolt up, and go Padres. It's not just because I love the Padres. I'm saying it. That's what the tweet says. That's how I read it. David, anybody out there coming from the Chargers that interests you? I mean, the only guy that really has very much any interest for me is Melvin Ingram, just because really? I still think there's something that that's left in the tank. Um, if he's healthy, I like the leadership. I mean, he's been with the Chargers his entire career. So if he comes on the cheap, I mean, you know, a reasonable contract, then I wouldn't mind bringing him back just because, like I said, I still think there's something there. And also, you know, the, the, you know, the nostalgia factor as well. I mean, Melvin terrible Ingram's way to run a business <laughs> yes I, I know but hey i'm a fan as well as an analyst i mean i like i like everything melvin ingram stands for and the way he you know he does a lot of the dirty work and didn't get a lot of the credit for that so i mean like i said if it's a reasonable contract i wouldn't mind it when i write these questions down we don't talk about what the answers are gonna you know, i'm gonna get from you guys are i mean i don't know where these are gonna go i've been surprised legitimately by some of the answers so far. So I think one guy that's kind of under the radar would be Jalen Watkins, right? A guy that we've seen play a little bit in the secondary for the Chargers over the last couple of years. I mean, has some defensive versatility, safety, cornerback a little bit. So that's a guy I think would come in cheap. 
I love Damian Square, but at this point, how many times can you bring back Damian Square just for his limited role? You know what I mean? Like, he's a nice, cheap pickup. It's hard to imagine much more coming out of that at this point. But, hey, there's also Brandon Staley. Really quickly, one I can just pretty much talk about right now is chuck it into bucket, asking what the odds are that TT will actually move down for more picks. We talked about this a little bit before the show because we're going to try to get to as many questions as possible. We're all on the same page. Tom Telesco has never done it. It depends what the board is looking like when it gets to them, obviously. I mean, maybe literally if everybody on their board that they think, you know, they would take at that spot is taken. If there's an outside shot, I mean, and that's being generous. I think all of us would put it probably somewhere around 5% chance that Tom Telesco nice. trades back. And that's being nice. I mean, a less than 5% chance the Chargers trade back, even though, I mean, mostly the reason we know it's not going to happen is because we'd be in favor of it, which is, you know, not usually how things come to fruition. Also, we wanted to a Tonga Vailoa last year, but we don't have to talk about that. Anyways, let's get into the last Good question that we, we have here. <laughs> let's get into the last thing we have here, which is Luis Chavez, who asks, which one do you prefer in the first round? Slater, Darisaw, Farley, or Sertan? And I want to get both of your guys' answers on this. John, out of those four guys, who would you pick? Slater, easily. Right? I, know, if we're I gonna, think we're all going to have the same yeah, one. It's going to be Slater, obviously. But if we're going to go with a more realistic pick, like if Slater gets picked before then, I'm going Darisaw. Nice, big, huge left tackle that I believe will hold his own just fine. I think the only bad part is he can get beat on the blitz, but you can that's a teaching thing, and we have a coach that's a defensive mind that can help teach how to stop a blitz. I love Darisaw's physical nature. That's the thing I love the most about him. David, I'm guessing you're probably, I mean, if I made it, uh, you would go Slater. I'm I'm 99% sure. But, I mean, I've gotten some surprise, some surprise answers so far this show. If I made it nope. Darisaw, Farley, or Sertan, does that make it more difficult? No, because if it's not Slater for me, I'm actually going to go corner, and I'm going to go Farley. I, I just love the way he plays Even the with game. the back surgery stuff, that doesn't scare you off enough? I mean, it scares me a little bit, obviously. I mean, you have to put that in perspective. But when he's on the football field, he's extremely talented and he's very productive. So I'd give him a shot as long as the medical. I mean, I like Sertan at that at that pick. I mean, if you're if I w- I'm going Slater 100 percent, but Sertan at that pick, Same. I think is a pick I could definitely get behind. I mean, both. I mean, him either and one, Horn. like it's one A, one C to me. I mean, they're they're fairly close, but that's just what I'm leaning right now. And hey, if you ask me three weeks from now, after I've watched extensive tape on both of them, that answer very well could change. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, Farley has probably definitely separated himself to CB three, uh, just because of the back stuff. I mean, I think that's definitely going to push him down a little bit. And I think with JC Horn and what he was able to do. At his pro day, I mean, literally getting a 10 on his relative athletic score. I mean, some of the craziest combine numbers, you know, pro day numbers that we've ever seen. That athletic ability, I think, is going to push him up enough. And, I mean, he's not even making it to the Chargers in a lot of drafts. But we would all take Slater in that specific situation. Now you throw, you know, Elijah Vera Tucker in there. You know, maybe you put in a J.C. Horn. Maybe our answers change a little bit. But at this point... If it's not an offensive lineman, I think J.C. Horn's probably the guy I would be looking at. But, hey, that's a topic for another show, and that's going to wrap things up for today's show. Almost all, I mean, pretty much all of the questions we got to, there were a couple people that ended up asking two different questions. There were some that ended up coming in 
after we started recording the show. So we promise we'll try to get to those ones as well. But bravo to you guys keeping your answers shortish and mean, you know, not just totally hogging the microphone. So that's going to do it for today's show. Of course, we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockdownLAC and to like the Facebook page Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcasts from, whether that's a follow on Spotify or subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us anywhere, and subscribing is the fastest and easiest way to get the show. We also plan on doing some voicemails this week for another show, maybe even tomorrow. If you guys want to get your voices on the show and not just have me read your words, you can call 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow with the latest in Chargers news and probably some more free agency and draft stuff. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.